Life Audio. You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today, I want to talk about a sitcom from the 1970s and early 80s that I kind of grew up watching. And it popped up on my YouTube feed. Kind of randomly, it just showed up on my YouTube feed. And I saw the episode, and it's the show One Day at a Time. Uh, A lot of you will know that show. It ran from 1975 to 1984, and it was created by Norman Lear, who also created All in the Family, Maud, and uh, other shows, many other shows. I saw it pop up on my YouTube, and uh, it, the title of the episode was called Pressure. And I was like, "What? I wonder what this show is about. I wonder, because I hadn't seen the show since I was a kid. So I, I was curious to see what it was about, and... And again, if you don't know, one day at a time, it's about a single mother raising two daughters. The The mother is played by Bonnie Franklin. The two daughters are played by Valerie Bertinelli and Mackenzie Phillips, who is China Phillips' half-sister, although China would, I'm sure, would call her just her sister. Uh, but so it's about a single mom raising two daughters. And this this episode, which is in season five, Uh, called Pressure, is all about Valerie Bertinelli's character. She's 18 years old, and her name is Barbara. So it's Valerie Bertinelli is Barbara, Bonnie Franklin is mom, and Mackenzie Phillips is Julie. So I I wish I could play the clip of the show to show you this, but I know that I would get copyright infringement and they would take it down on YouTube. So I'm going to have to read you the dialogue. It's, a, it's, not that, it's not very long, but I'm going to read you this dialogue. And I want to kind of talk about what this dialogue represents and what, how, how it has this kind of stuff. You know, I always say this. We don't live in a vacuum. Like, we've been raised and we've been indoctrinated in this kind of secular, humanistic, even Marxist culture. And I'll get to the Marxist part in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. But look around you, your family, your faith. They're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung hero of for king and country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. 
Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. So in this episode, Valerie Bur- uh, Barbara, Valerie Bertinelli's character, who's 18 years old, she must decide whether she wants to have sex or go all the way, as they used to say it, have sex with her boyfriend, Brad. Uh, Brad is such a 70s name. Uh, so, so she doesn't know what to do. Brad wants to go all the way with her, of course, her boyfriend. And Barbara doesn't know what to do. And so she, she tries to get advice from her mother and her sister, really from her mother. And this is how it goes. Barbara. She's talking about the sex subject and about, you know, having sex with her boyfriend. And she says, I'm so sick of this subject. All right, let's just be logical, okay? Mom, okay. Barbara, Brad's a terrific guy. We care for each other. I'm 18 years old. I know enough not to get pregnant. Can you give me one logical reason why Brad and I should not go to bed? I can't. Brad can't. Mom. Brad's not trying. Laugh track. (laughs) Barbara. Granted, but that doesn't help. Give me one reason. Mom. In deep thought. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Barbara. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it over with. Mom. I got a reason. I got a reason. I don't want you to do it. Barbara. Mom, mom, you don't want to do it. Barbara, I don't know. Mom, well, that alone should tell you something. Sweetheart, isn't it possible that Brad will wait until you do know? Barbara, maybe. Mom, okay, you want to know what I really think? Barbara, yeah. Mom, okay. From my gut, I want to say to you, Barbara, don't do it. But then I say, it's idiotic to bring up a child saying sex before marriage is dirty and sex after marriage is beautiful. In my mother's day, it was a lot easier. Mothers then had a very definitive point of view. Barbara, I don't want to, I don't think I want to hear this. Mom, they said, quote, You don't have sex before marriage, and if you have to, afterwards, consider it your wifely duty. Laugh track. Barbara, I knew I didn't want to hear that. Mom, sex is terrific. If it's for the right reasons and with the right person. Barbara, how do you know if it's the right reasons and the right person? Julie, hey, when you stop asking that question, you're getting close. Barbara, you guys are a big help. Mom, it's a toughie. There's no easy answer. So that ends that scene. And then later, Barbara, or yeah, Barbara goes to Brad's apartment, her boyfriend's apartment. And Brad, they have this whole kind of back and forth of whether they should do it or not, go all the way or not. And Brad's really pressuring Barbara. And Brad says, There's nothing to worry about. I love you, remember? Barbara, but what if after, you know, you stop loving me? And then later, Barbara says, I'm sorry, but I just don't feel right about this. Maybe I'm scared. Maybe for now, that's the way I really feel about it. And I think I really should just go with my feelings. 
and that's the scene. So notice how in this episode, in, this, in these scenes, they don't, no one has an answer to this question. Whether Barbara, who's unmarried to this, her boyfriend, who's 18 years old, whether she should have sex with him or not. They have no clue what to say. The mother doesn't know. Her sister doesn't know. Her boyfriend doesn't know. Even Barbara doesn't know. So nobody knows the answer. And, and this, is, this is the burden and I talk about this all the time. This is the burden of living in a secular humanistic world. This is the burden of living in a world, in a godless world, because you don't know what's right or wrong. You don't know what's good or bad. And I always say this, when I, when I lived in that world for 42 years with no God, I never knew what was good or bad, what was right or wrong. I was in so many situations in my life where... I just kind of went with my feelings. As Barbara says um, at the very end, this is so telling. She says, but for now, that's the way I really feel about it. And I think I really should go with my feelings. And that's what our culture does now. It's all about going with your feelings. It's all about being true to yourself. Do be, you know, you do you. Uh, So, it's all about this kind of expressive individualism, this kind of the, the source of wisdom, the source of knowledge is yourself. And of course, the Bible says our heart is wicked and deceitful. And so that's a terrible, ourselves are a terrible source of knowledge and wisdom. We need the Bible. We need the word of God to give us wisdom. And this, again, I always say this, this is the plumb line. This is this is where we go to to get wisdom to get answers to what what are the bound what are the boundaries what what are the boundaries to sex and i've talked about this before too and um be, you know before i became a christian before i came to faith in christ 13 years ago oh wow it's almost it's almost exactly 13 years ago on september 20th so before i came to christ I, I just, I didn't know what my, what the boundaries were. I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. And so I went with my feelings and it was such a relief when I came to faith in Christ to finally know that there are boundaries for sex that, and they're not arbitrary. And I've done a whole episode on this, but they're very specific and God knows father knows best god knows what's best for us in terms of sex and anything outside of of sex with god created sex sex is good but it's to be expressed within the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman for life and there's such security in that and anything outside of that and in that, within that covenant, you can be, as Tim Keller says, you can be naked spiritually, emotionally, and physically with another person without fear of rejection. And, and when I was dating guys back in the day, there was just this constant fear of rejection, this constant fear of, oh, this is, this is not going to last. And, oh, if I make one wrong move or if, uh, you know, if I, if my career is slipping or if whatever, it just, there was always this quid pro quo 
uh, understanding, tacit understanding in the relationship. And it was so, it produced so much anxiety. And when you're in a covenant of marriage, there's that, that security and you don't have to fear the person abandoning you or, or rejecting you. And so anything outside of that covenant, any sex outside of that covenant of marriage between one man and one woman always leads to destruction. It always leads, whether it's temporal destruction or eternal destruction. I say this all the time. It always leads to destruction, whether it's premarital, premarital sex, extramarital sex, homosexual sex, whatever it is, it always leads to destruction. And the reason I mentioned Marxism is I don't know if Norman Lear was a Marxist in real life. I mean, he probably to to an extent. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Was but the shows he created had major Marxist underpinnings, like All in the Family, Maud, uh, One Day at a Time. This show, because Marx in the Communist Manifesto, Marx and Engels they wanted to abolish the family. They wanted to destroy the family because the family was a hierarchy that represented uh, the bourgeois society. So they wanted to get rid of the family and. And slowly but systematically, Norman Lear and many others, obviously, but he is starting in the 70s and and probably a little bit before. But in the 70s, especially is is when these kinds of shows started to to creep into our culture. We'll be right back after this short break. And Norman Lear in this show, Bonnie Franklin, the mom, is a single mother raising two daughters and right away. He's normalizing single motherhood. Now, again, a disclaimer. If you're a single mom, I am not. I have nothing but love and support for you. But I'm, what I'm saying is this is where it starts to get normalized. And this is where uh, we just start to accept it as the norm in our culture. And um, so I think... Norman Lear, I, I mean, these shows and All in the Family obviously had, was 
totally Marxist because the the father uh, Archie Bunker was always the butt of the joke, and uh, so it, it, he was his his authority and his leadership in the family was always undermined <laughs> by the comedy and. And just the, the systematic undermining of the male headship of the household. And then, and then there's no male in this household, right? So these daughters in this household in one day at a time have no father to go to, to ask like what they should do uh, about having, you know, sex, what, what they should do about their life. They have no kind of um, leadership, fatherly leadership, spiritual leadership in the family. And, and so, and, and as I, I've always said, I've said this many times, but my dad, when my sisters were in high school, they would sneak out of their bedroom windows to go see their boyfriends. And my dad would nail their window. He, I saw him nail their window shut one time. <laughs> and again, this is like our heavenly father. Why did my dad do that? He did it because he loves my sisters. He loved my sisters. And he wanted their he wanted to protect them he wanted their well-being to be protected and he he wanted them to flourish and that's what god wants us to do uh, as human beings he wants us to flourish in this world even in this fallen world he wants us to flourish and he knows what the bound he knows the boundaries that will help us flourish the most and as i as i say i love knowing now what the guardrails are what the boundaries are in my life. It makes me feel actually secure. It makes me feel safe. Um, before I didn't feel that I just felt kind of all over the place. And now I love knowing like, Oh, I can't like, I can't touch the, st- the hot stove. Like I can't do that. That's going to burn me. Uh, I, I can't have, you know, I can't have sexual relationships with these certain people. Like that's, that's, that's going to, that's going to have a, a hugely negative impact on my life. But just in this episode, I just want to go back to a couple of the lines, a couple of the uh, lines of dialogue. That when the mom says, when she, she's answering Barbara, her daughter, she says, okay, from my gut, I want to say to you, Barbara, don't do it. But why does she want to say that to her daughter from her gut, quote unquote? There must be something, there must be something in her a conscience, there must be something in her that knows that it's, it's not right. But then she goes on to say, but then I say it's idiotic to bring up a child saying sex before marriage is dirty and sex after marriage is beautiful. Why is that idiotic to say that? Why would you want your daughter to, why would you want to throw her in harm's way and just let her, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. And, and then she talks about in her mother's day, it was a lot easier. Mothers then had a very definitive point of view. Yeah, because mothers, <laughs> in her mother's day, mothers had a Judeo-Christian biblical kind of point of view. That's why it was a definitive point of view. And then the mom, of course, the mom makes fun of marriage by saying, you know, they said, quote, you don't have sex before marriage, and if you have to afterwards, consider it your wifely duty. Uh, so, of course, that gets a big laugh, and uh, it's actually you know the husband and wife's and biblically and responsibility to to give each other conjugal rights. 
But then notice the mom says later, she says, sex is terrific if it's for the right reasons and with the right person. But what are the right reasons? She never, she never explains what those reasons are. What are the right reasons? So it's just like, it's mumbo jumbo. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And with the right person, like, what does that mean? She doesn't explain that either. Um, and Barbara, her daughter, says, how do you know if they are the right reasons and the right person? And, of course, the mother doesn't know. And, in, and then Julie offers her, her wonderful insight. Hey, when you stop asking that question, you're getting close. What does that mean? That, that just means nothing. Again, it's all subjectivism. There's no objective truth, no objective reality, uh, no God no guidelines, no, no boundaries. And so it's just interesting that, you know, I grew up on these kinds of TV shows and they seem at the time, they seemed kind of innocent and funny. Uh, and they were fun. I mean, they were as a kid, you know, it's any goofy show on TV is funny, but they were funny, but you don't realize that you're being indoctrinated into a worldview at a very young age you're being indoctrinated into a secular humanist worldview where there is no answers no metaphysical world there's only the natural the natural world or a material world and all you can do is look within to find your answers and and that is a very sad place to be and I, again, I was in that place for 42 years, and I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful to God for pulling me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I mean, I, I seriously, every day, I'm just like, God, how, why, who, what, when, where? Like, wh- why me? Why did you reveal yourself to me and show me and 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 bring give me life give me eternal life and 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 adopt me into your kingdom like it's absolutely stunning to me and i'm so grateful and and if you're a christian out there you should just rejoice that you are in the book of life that you're in the kingdom of god because it is it's an extraordinary thing and it's uh it's just it's mind-blowing and i'm gonna as I always say, I'm going to spend eternity thanking God for plucking me out of darkness and, and pulling me into his kingdom. So anyway, I just want that you guys, I want people, my desire is that people in the church would think critically more, more about kind of what is influencing our minds and what's influencing our hearts and what TV shows and what movies and even going back to the seventies, going back to this show, because it's all shaping the way, what we believe and how, how we think about the word of God. And, and I, I always say this, we're, we're either giving into the pressure of the world or the pressure of the word, the Bible. And that's why it's so important to be constantly in the word of God. And, because it, it just, I mean, just the other day I read, uh, I read the book of Hebrews and, and I read first Peter and I was just like, oh, like, whoa, 
It just, and I've read those books millions of times, not millions of hundreds of times. And, um, but it, it just, it hits me every time. And it just reminds me of who I am and what Christ did for me and, uh, who, what I'm, how I'm supposed to act, how I'm supposed to behave as a new creation in Christ. And, and it's just, it's, it's so important to constantly be in the word because as you know, the world is, is, uh, relent, unrelenting and the messaging of the world is unrelenting. And it's just, we're, it's a constant barrage of lies, lies, lies. Yeah. Some of you might know that song, but it's just a constant barrage of lies. And so we have to constantly be in the truth. That's why so many churches, so many evangelical churches are, are caving to the culture and becoming gay affirming and, or even secretly gay affirming. Some are, some are um, not even out about that, so to speak. But there's a lot of churches, a lot of evangelical churches that are allegedly, you know, gospel centered churches and, and they're, they're falling for, for the lies of the culture. And, um, I, you know, I, God help the, the pastors of those churches because, uh, they have, they're going to be held to account for that. But anyway, I hope this helped you guys and I will see you next time. Next week, we're going to have, uh, someone who was a trans and then she, a young woman who was trans and she actually came to faith in Christ. So we're going to have her on the show next week. It'll be really interesting to talk to her. So thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of the Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.